Hello, I'm Roddy Hamilton, the Minister at Newcopatrick Parish, and thank you again for your invitation to gather today as we worship together. Being Presbyterians, we don't always play a huge importance to the festivals of the church that other denominations emphasise. Easter, yes, of course, we have always done that, but not Lent. Christmas is fairly new to us. It was just a working day for my grandfather, and I'm sure you have that experience too. Pentecost, occasionally, but certainly not all saints. And Reign of Christ. Well, there's one we've hardly heard of. Reign of Christ is the last Sunday of the church year, which is now. I only want to whisper this, but Advent begins next Sunday. Can you believe it? Reign of Christ began almost 100 years ago, instituted by the Pope in 1925, in response to the growing secularism and nationalism of the age. Jesus was ruler. Not nationalism, not popularism, not secularism. I'm not sure how much difference it has made, given a century later we are still in the same situation of nationalism, secularism and populism. In Eucopatric, we have observed it over the last 10 years, but who noticed? But somehow we still sit uncomfortably with it because of the juxtaposition of what it implies about Jesus and what we actually experience and believe about Jesus, which is where we are today, trying to work out how we speak of Jesus in a world that sees power quite differently from the way faith originally did. Let us pray. Holy God, broken Jesus, away from the crowns and gold, the thrones and talk of kingship, broken Jesus, away from the angel trains and the soldiers of Christ, broken Jesus, by the pavements and alleyways, the deserts and abandoned villages, May we shift our perception, O God, of your reign and let go the world's language and expectations and presumptions and make space for the lesser, more vulnerable, more costly reign of love. May we find kingdom words within the poorest and least, those the world denies and forgets, leaves hungry and without vaccinations. Open our eyes, O God, to the vulnerable kingdom that cannot compete with the world's wealth. And forgive us for clothing you in unrighteous garments and golden thrones that make you feel uncomfortable and our religion that competes in the world for power and wealth and authority. May we give you a home in a faith that seeks not outward power or strength or authority, but in the relationships we build, the community in which we participate, the parish we share, reigning with a love as generous as it is unconditional. Hear us 
as we say the global prayer together. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Today we find ourselves towards the end of Jesus' story. He's been arrested and has been brought to Pilate. It's like two characters mixed up in someone else's issues about religion, faith and power. Reading this story now feels a bit out of sync. But it illustrates an important point when we have this significant day called Reign of Christ. From John's Gospel. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say, I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Here's a retelling of that story. It was a night of Passover, and Jesus had been arrested. Judas's kiss had sealed his fate and he had been taken away into the night. They would have him tried six times before the cockerel crowed in the morning. Jesus was taken to Pilate, the Roman governor. Pilate swept into his headquarters angry. It had been a long night. He summoned Jesus, looking him up and down, the blood on his face and arms, the hair matted, the clothes torn, The smell, sharp. None of this affected Pilate. He saw this daily. It was the silence, the way Jesus met his eyes. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked impatiently. It was what Pilate had been told people were calling this man standing before him. Is this your own question? Or are you repeating what others have said? Jesus responded. Pilate paused and looked Jesus up and down once more, shrugged his shoulders. I'm not a Jew, am I? The conversation was yet again another that he was fed up with. The petty religious sensibilities of a culture he neither understood nor was interested in. Your own priests handed you over to me. Why? What have you done? I don't have a kingdom here, Jesus replied. If I was a ruler here, 
Would not my followers rise up and fight and keep me from being handed over? This isn't close to being my kingdom. So you are a king? Pilate asked. Your words, not mine. I am here only to speak the truth, and those who belong to the truth recognise my voice. Pilate shook his head. Truth. Pah. It seemed such a hollow word and a waste of time. He left Jesus and went to speak to the priests again. Hopefully this will be over soon. Reign of Christ. It used to be called Christ the King. All very imperial and that's the problem. It's the juxtaposition that's important today, the awkwardness between the title of the day, Reign of Christ, and how that is meant to mean the exact opposite of the words we use. We talk in imperial language, while the real Jesus just knocks that in the head every time. We're so used to imperial language for God in our hymns. Rejoice, the Lord is King. Onward, Christian soldiers, crown him with many crowns. We always ultimately err on the side of that kind of language, kingship, thrones, subduing nations. And it just feels wrong, so unlike Jesus. Yet the church has turned him into a king that he is always denied. And it is all the more important now because there are too many pretenders to the world's thrones who seek strength over folk, break rules and even eat away at democracy itself. Jesus speaks wholly other to this, of loving the least, being a servant to all, with a self-giving love. And we believe love must win through that. Does it? That's an imperial outcome. Someone has to win. But that means some other has to lose. It's as if God's people are clinging on for some victory because they can't live in the world any other way. There are only winners and losers. What if the reign of Christ is simply the ability to give without the idea of winning at all? What if the reign of Christ is simply only about giving of self without the caveat of reward or that love will win? Perhaps love wins every time it gives itself completely and abundantly to those who understand it least and abuse it most without any comeuppance. It gives of itself and, in the eyes of the world, loses. There is no final reckoning, any final reward for love. It just gives. No caveat, no red lines, no exceptions. It just gives everything to the end. It doesn't fit well in the world, but neither does it fit well in the church. We want love to win. But then, that's not love we are talking about. And Jesus seems to agree. That is the world that defines Christ as king, not how Jesus himself talks or lives. The philosopher Alfred North Whitehead says that a humble Christ was short-lived in the early church and the deeper idolatry of fashioning God in the image of Egyptian, Persian and Roman rulers was retained, he says. 
the church gave unto God the attributes which belonged exclusively to Caesar. It's something to be constantly careful of as we refashion the church and how we speak faith's hope into the world after pandemics and seek the leaders who will guide us through that. There is no hidden Caesar in Christ. Christ's reign is of love, given, with nothing returned, no reward for being true to the faith. It is truly selfless and abundantly generous. There is no winner. And it's a lesson we keep missing in the world. A poem by Michael Coffey called Calling All Kings. Let those men who know and trust their inner king, who trust their own power and don't misuse it, who live beyond themselves, who seek the greater vision, who seek blessing for all, who create order out of chaos, who foster peace in themselves and others. Let them embody their king today, humbly yet boldly, fearlessly and with joyful strength. For this world is short on mature men who know they have generative power to give life away. And so many turn to false kings, boys who think a crown costume is all they need, who stomp and plunder and turn the land to ruin, who sound the war siren without counting the cost, and forget that caring for the weakest among us and uniting the land as one are the reason there are kings at all. links um, to the meetings that we have. We have a Songs of Praise on Sunday evening, uh, that's Sunday the, the 21st, and you can find out everything else that's happening there on the website. So thank you for joining us today, and we bring all these thoughts together in our prayers for others. Let us pray. Creator, Emperor of the poor and the forgotten, King among the homeless and stateless, we gather round the needs of the world and pray not for a magic touch, but for a relationship with justice, with creation, with peace, with compassion. And in that relationship, we pray for Afghanistan and Yemen, for Tigray and Sudan, and too many places still in conflict and pain. For the lives of the poorest because of the policies of the wealthiest, and the competition between states and nations and leaders. For the future of too many caught up in uncertainty, in a pandemic yet to stabilise, vaccines yet to be shared, an environment yet to be loved back communities yet to be grown. And for those in our parish and communities where there is pain and loss, where there is anxiety and mental ill health, 
where there is fear among women on these very streets we know, and for our families and our friends, and the ill and the worried, for them all we pray. Prayer, the relationships we have with love, the promise to live alongside the least, the way we build and shape and grow the kingdom, your kingdom, no king or emperor, but companion and servant of all. Hear us. So be it. Amen. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the common life of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.